what are the stories that um, that these kids are, you know, not just kids, but uh, you know, young adults and beyond that we know that they're going to enjoy, that they're going to engage with, and they're going to be successful um, in in keeping their interest. And of, and of course, you know, these stories we know where they are. They are on streaming sites. They're on Disney. They're on Netflix. They're on HBO. They're on you know um, YouTube and so on. And um, so that's what Think Human TV really is. It's taking that content that we know is popular, is critically acclaimed, is well-made, well-acted, emotionally compelling. We know that these young people engage with it voluntarily and sort of, in a way, ride its coattails, use it as a vehicle to deliver uh, the emotion science learning that we were talking about. Welcome to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we celebrate the entrepreneurs and innovators reimagining the future of health. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. Emotional regulation, it's a fancy term for something very simple and something we often take for granted. Emotional regulation is a person's ability to effectively manage and respond to any emotional experience. We do this unconsciously all throughout the day, deciding how to respond when we're cut off in traffic or when we see something we disagree with on social media. How we respond to these emotional situations can have massive ramifications for our lives, yet we don't typically spend much time thinking about them or trying to improve. My guests today, Melissa Cesarano and Ilya Lyashevsky, got their PhDs at Columbia University studying the science of this field, often called social-emotional learning. Now they are taking their academic work and pouring it into a startup called Effectify, which Startup Health backed last year. In our conversation for this podcast, we'll hear from Mel and Ilya about their unique methodology for teaching emotional regulation to young people. It's a platform called Think Human, and it actually piggybacks training modules on top of popular content on streaming platforms like Netflix and Disney+. I'll let them explain how it works. Let's get to the interview. Ilya, Mel, thank you so much for joining me today for uh, Startup Health TV, and this recording will be on the podcast, so thanks for being with me today. Very cool. Thanks, thank Logan. you for having us, Logan. So we've talked before, and I'm really excited to get an update about Effectify, this, this startup that you have built, uh, really helping young people, but I, people of all ages, with emotional intelligence. And I can tell you that as the father of children who are nine and six, I fully ratify the challenge uh, and the need for this in society. So I want to I want to dive right in, but I want to I want to start high level with this idea and the challenge of emotional intelligence, and then we'll get into the company and kind of where you're at now. Um, why? First of all, how do you define emotional intelligence, and why has this become such a potent issue in twenty twenty two? Yeah, so so a little bit of background. You know, we we've been teaching this course at Columbia Teachers College for for a number of years, focused on sort of the it's called the cognition of social and emotional learning, and it's um, you know sort of gets at the underpinnings of how uh, key skills related to uh, as you just mentioned emotional intelligence, how they work, how they develop, and these skills are things like. Um, empathy, perspective taking, uh, emotion management or emotion regulation. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of names for, uh, for this sort of overarching set of skills. Emotional intelligence is one. 
Social and emotional learning is kind of a broad umbrella term that's been used the last couple of decades um, related to the development and the teaching of those skills, and, and uh, in particular in the context of um, schools, so K, K through 12 and, and beyond. And I think, you know, you don't need to be a researcher, right, in this area to know uh, how much uh, of an issue this is. And it's been highlighted sort of by the pandemic. It's also been uh, the, the challenges uh, 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 related to mental health have been um, exacerbated by the pandemic. And so that, that experience has sort of brought to the fore the fact that, um, you know, youth mental health uh, and the uh, emotional intelligence skills related to that, um, uh, you know, it's, it's really been a, a crisis even prior to the pandemic. The pandemic has just kind of highlighted this issue and again, and has kind of made it worse. And, um, you know, there, <laughs> there's so many ways in which emotional intelligence is, is important that it's almost difficult to sort of, uh, to, uh, to know where to start. But, but um, at a most basic level, right, um, you can think of it from two sides. One is as a protective factor. So emotional intelligence with these skills that I mentioned, like uh, like empathy and emotion regulation and emotional awareness, it serves as a protective factor. Uh, and how does it do that? Well, um, uh, we, we encounter emotionally challenging situations every day, right? Uh, whether it's a, a, a bad score on the test, whether it's an argument with a parent or a sibling or a teacher or whoever it might be. And having these skills, having the ability to understand what's going on emotionally with yourself and other people, having the ability to manage your own emotions and potentially the emotions of others, um, that helps you handle those challenges more effectively, more adaptively, okay? And, and reduces the likelihood of them spiraling out of control, doing things you regret, which then can lead to uh, other consequences, right? Um, and so, and, and ultimately, it reduces the likelihood of things like mental health crises, reduces the likelihood of, you know, suicidal ideation, depression, anxiety, right? So um, these things that can really have lifelong consequences that can really result in, um, you know, uh, all, all kinds of uh, problems um, besides just the emotional discomfort, yeah. um, you know, loss of relationships and jobs. So it's a protective factor on the one side. And then um, it's, uh, it's also a way to help people thrive, right? To help people be more successful. Again, and it comes back to the same thing. Everything, you know, every challenge we encounter, encounter in life is really emotional uh, at its core. And having these skills enables you to handle those challenges more effectively. And, and uh, as a result, you know, make better decisions, uh, be more successful in achieving your goals be more successful academically, professionally, having better relationships, healthy relationships. So it has these this sort of two-sided uh, set of benefits, both protective and really supportive in, in helping people succeed. Yeah. And um, as I said, you know, this the issue of mental health among youth uh, has been really uh, getting worse over the last couple of decades, even prior to the pandemic. The pandemic has made it worse. And so this is why people have you know, the last couple of years have really um, come to realize uh, how, how, how important it is to build those skills 
Yeah. Mel, a question for you. Sometimes yeah. it's helpful to understand uh, something by understanding what it's not. And I think about current trends in the emotional development of children. And, um, it, and what I hear you saying is this, this is about this is about handling emotions versus protecting from emotions. I was reading recently about um, uh, what people are calling snowplow parenting. This idea of clearing obstacles in front of your child clearing away the potential for scary emotions and uh, these pro these problems and then having that create problems down the road without yeah. the, uh, you know a, a child lacking the ability to uh, to manage a situation so it's like um, what you're describing isn't solving an emo you know <laughs> clearing away bad emotions but what you do when they come right right exactly and so what we have to realize is we have this full spectrum of emotion and we're always going to have this full spectrum of emotions. Like that's just the nature of being human. And that's the nature of living the reality that we're living in. So at some point in our lives, even if our parents are trying to protect us from unpleasant things, um, we're going to feel unpleasant emotions. And so the key really is, is to accept those emotions um, and to accept them in a non-judgmental way. And then once we accept them and sort of um, acquire the skills to understand what they are, label them, sort of why they're happening, where they're coming from, uh, then it's important to have a toolbox that is unique to us um, that can help us manage these emotions. But the point isn't always to just regulate away the unpleasant emotions, right? We talk about this a lot in our class. Um, emotions exist because they are adaptive and they're important and they're telling us something about ourselves and or about the environment outside of us. Um, and so they carry crucial information. And so we shouldn't just ignore them just because they're unpleasant, right? And so the point is to hold all these emotions, hold space for them, uh, sort of ask them what they're trying to tell us, and then have this toolbox to be able to manage them. So what's really unique here is that, you know, this for, for a long time has been the purview of, of parents or a guidance counselor or, uh, you know, maybe an early childhood educator, and you're taking these principles and you are bringing them to folks at scale uh, to, to many more people. So let's talk about how you take the, the tools of, of social emotional learning and you create a health tech startup out of it that can actually reach millions of people. So uh, tell us about Effectify and, and how you bridge those two worlds. Yeah, Mel, do you want to start there and, and I'll chime in? Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, this pretty much started with our doctoral research at Columbia University. And so, uh, you know, Ilya and I were studying social emotional learning methodologies, uh, testing out what works and what doesn't work and um, eventually spearheading our own methodology um, that has to do with, you know, it. Okay. So there's this idea of deep learning and um, this idea exists in uh, the sciences and the learning sciences, um, sorry, the sciences and also in mathematics. And essentially uh, what deep learning is, is that there, there's this underlying structure 
to a subject, right, whether it be math or science, um, that allows us to deeply understand that subject. And when you're faced with problems, sort of get past the surface features and get to the root of what's going on. And so, um, you know, Ilya and I were really interested in, oh, well, does this deep structure exist for emotions and emotional life? And so, you know, a lot of this research uh, predated our own research. And so what we did was we've combined a lot of what exists in the emotion science. And the methodology that we've created is called deep emotion learning. So it's essentially teaching the underlying cognitive principles of how emotions are generated and regulated. And so this is the core of our curriculum uh, at Think Human, and it's the, also the core of our technology. Um, and so what's cool about that is that there are these sort of like, you know, the laws of physics, but for emotional life. And um, we've embedded sort of those emotion principles into our teaching. And um, they are sort of the core of what drives the curriculum at Think Human. And then Ilya, you're welcome to add on to that. <laughs> Yeah. Just to clarify, so Effectify is the company. Think Human is the is the platform. So maybe right. we could get into what, what that looks like for the yeah, user. Yeah, yeah. so it's called Think Human TV. Um, and sort of going off of what Mel said, right? So um, we there's research that shows that uh, particularly when you're talking about adolescents, for example, and young adults and beyond, um, you know, when you're trying to teach them this kind of stuff, emotional intelligence, uh, sort of emotional skills, um, it, it's not a great approach to be very prescriptive about it or very didactic. Um, I like to quote this researcher named David Yeager, who, who wrote that, you know, if you, if you sound like their mom, uh, when you're, when you're trying to teach them this stuff, you know, it shouldn't surprise us that it doesn't work. Uh, you know, of course, not the cool mom that we all uh, that or a cool parent that we all, all want to be. We all but, think uh, we are, but we. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea being that you know, um, it doesn't work to just tell people how to behave. Oh, you know, be nice. Um, it, it what's been shown to be more effective is particularly for these older kind of learners is helping them to understand how their emotions work, how their mind works, and then that understanding. Uh, you know, we call it kind of like a mental model of, of your emotional life or your emotional system. Uh, having that be more accurate changes how you approach, think about uh, emotional situations, emotional challenges. And maybe the most famous example of this is um, Carol Dweck's mindset interventions. You know, this is the idea of um, incremental theory of ability and, and all kinds of things. So the notion that your ability isn't fixed or your character isn't fixed, right? That your brain is plastic and with effort and time, uh, it can change. And so you're not stuck being a, you know, oh, I'm not good at math or I'm, I'm a victim of bullying. Like there's a, a, everyone changes, right? The bully might stop being a bully. You might stop being a victim. Uh, with effort, you'll become better at math. And so that changes how you approach academic failure. Uh, you know, it's, it, you have kind of this healthier attitude towards academics and learning, for example. Um, but all of that is founded on this notion of uh, brain plasticity. You're teaching people about this idea, which is really a principle of how your brain works. Hmm. And so we've kind of taken that idea, brought it over to the social emotional realm where we teach this comprehensive model of uh, emotions and the different elements and principles that come into it. Now, how does that um, sort of, uh, what does that actually look like in practice? Well, in Think Human TV, 
Um, if you start, you know, when you start looking at how do you teach this stuff, you know, how do you teach these principles? Well, what you come to realize is that you can't really teach them in the abstract. You can't just kind of throw them up there and expect for people to really internalize them and make use of them in the real world. You really have to ground those principles in concrete examples of human behavior, human emotions. And what that really means and uh, is, is really to use stories. You're using narrative. And that's very common across sort of uh, programs and approaches to improving uh, emotional skills and social skills is you use stories in, in, in various ways. Um, but now the question is, well, what kind of stories do you use? And again, if you're trying to reach and be successful with adolescents, with young adults and kind of more, these more sophisticated uh, kind of learners, um, you want to have content. You want to have stories that they're not just going to roll their eyes at, right? You don't want to have this sort of cheesy edutainment that we've all seen that's often neither too entertaining or too educational. And essentially, you know, if it's if if you have these kids kind of rolling their eyes at it, you, you're losing them, right? And you're kind of losing um, your uh, you know your chance to to teach them something. So um, so then the question is, well, what is uh, what are the stories that, um, that these kids are, you know, not just kids, but, uh, you know, young adults and beyond that we know that they're going to enjoy, that they're going to engage with, and they're going to be successful, um, in, in keeping their interest. And, of, and of course, you know, these stories, we know where they are. They're on streaming sites. They're on Disney. They're on Netflix. They're on HBO. They're on, you know, um, YouTube and so on. And, um, so that's what Think Human TV really is, it's taking that content that we know is popular, is critically acclaimed, is well-made, well-acted, emotionally compelling. We know that these young people engage with it voluntarily and sort of, in a way, ride its coattails, use it as a vehicle to deliver uh, the emotion science learning that we were talking about, these principles, and giving people the opportunity. And this, and this is the third kind of key idea. The third key idea is practice. So you can teach people things and you can tell them, oh, this is what, you know, it is. But if they don't practice thinking about it that way, applying it, it's just, again, we know this from, from learning, learning science and from just lived experience. It doesn't translate to real skills. And so that's yeah. the third kind of key idea is that, well, um, and, and another reason why using this kind of media is particularly, um, you know, suitable for this purpose is that you're meeting them where they are. They're already on the streaming sites. You know, every high school student and every college student has a laptop. They're doing their homework on that laptop. They're on there. They're streaming that content. So they're already there. They they have this content that they like. And so this is an opportunity to both use that content and then use it also as a, as a context for practice uh, in order to solidify those skills and to give them the opportunity to really do it over and over and over again. Uh, and of course, we, we've introduced some other elements like gamification and some ex extrinsic rewards to give them a reason to stick with it. Besides, you know, if they're in K-12 and it's just assigned to them. Mel, it makes a lot of sense to, to, to build on the success of these other narratives that, that people know and love and uh, build a platform. Have you gotten any pushback since it, there is such a conversation going around uh going on around screen time and just around you know an over uh use of um cell phones and and you know too many hours on on devices uh is there a pushback uh, against that yeah i mean generally uh you know there tends to be the question of are are we just 
adding, you know, more screen time, more technology time and, and keeping, you know, adolescents and young adults away from actually being embodied in the world. <laughs> and, you know, that that is valid. That's valid. Um, this is a technological solution. You are on your screen, etc. Um, but we have been getting really great results. Ilya and I have been uh, running efficacy studies. So um, we ran an efficacy study at a teacher's college with graduate level students. Um, and we also ran an efficacy study at LaGuardia University with undergraduate students. So these are younger students. And uh, what we're seeing is actual, you know, our platform is having really great uh, social emotional effects. So after two weeks of use, this was at the graduate school level. Um, there was a 22% reduction in emotional suppression as a regulation strategy. And emotional suppression over time, um, if that's sort of like your default regulation strategy, um, that can actually lead to poor health outcomes. And so um, at the undergraduate level, we were seeing that um, after using Think Human, uh, the students actually had a higher emotion regulation self-efficacy, so way more um, confidence when managing their emotion. So, yes. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Talk to me about what that suppression means. I mean, you're using some sort of inside baseball language yeah. there. If I'm a parent and I want this to just help my kid in some way. What kinds of activities are the are, are these beginning to enable in me? Yeah, so I think uh, one of one of the clearest ways that it's helping um, you know your your child, your student is um, what's called emotion granularity. So right away when you're using the system, uh, you're actually uh, learning to label emotions and you're learning new emotion vocabulary. And so that is extremely important and it has a regulatory benefit. So not only are you becoming aware of your emotions, but actually labeling emotions and recognizing those emotions via labels in yourself and others, that's regulatory. Um, so that is one of like the immediate, <laughs> the immediate benefits of using Think Human. And then beyond that, um, you're learning the causes of emotions. Um, so why emotions are existing in the first place. And then later on in the curriculum, um, you're actually learning concrete regulation strategies. And I just want to jump in really quick and add to that. Um, one of the key things also, one of the key benefits, um, even if let's say you're doing the exercises and you're getting them wrong, let's say, um, what we're having the learner do is that we're asking them to pause and reflect as they're watching. So what happens is, you know, you're getting this exercise, it pauses playback and and you're uh, reflecting on what's going on with the character and potentially with yourself. We also have self-reflection exercises. And that act of pausing and reflecting is one of the most important things, one of the most important skills is habit of reflection to develop for both developing awareness of emotions in yourself, which is the very first step toward regulation, and uh, emotions in others, which is the first step toward empathy and toward managing interactions and relationships. So that's, again, this goes back to this idea of practice. So this over and over again, and this also connects the idea that you brought up earlier, Logan, of sort of the pushback. And um, sort of one of the answers to that as well, to add to what Mel said, is that the kids are already on the screens. They're already there, you know, so the, the, but now, now they can be on the screen and get some additional benefit out of it, right? They can 
develop these skills like emotion labeling and reflection and so on. So uh, we're kind of adding this layer of emotional benefit to what's already happening. And basically, the, you're, you're as a parent, you know, I mean, you know, Logan, you, you sort of you give in. There's just there's no escape. You're having them watch Disney. It's going to happen. You know, no it's going to happen. So so the but but now you can have a way to both actually help help the kids develop these key skills, key skills and make yourself feel better at the same time. Yeah, we actually <laughs> have these, um, uh, we have these high school interns uh, that help us out, help us prepare the narratives for Disney Plus and Netflix and Peacock, etc. And um, their parents are like, oh, we actually are so excited about them using Netflix now because we know they're getting something out of it. <laughs> yeah, interesting. And we are we are actually, you know, something we may have mentioned is that, you know, we're, we're on the cusp of getting this phase two NSF grant. And part of that grant is actually going to be work to um, develop solutions for younger audiences like kids you, that, that you mentioned uh, that you have your age and my age, kids my age as well. Um, I have a six-year-old, for example. So um, developing a, a, an experience aimed at those age, age groups and one that actually works with TVs, not just uh, laptops or computers. You know, um, you've had you've had a successful K twelve uh, experiment in New York City. What would it look like to really scale this up? I mean, you're building a platform that can can affect children at scale because it's a tech platform. Uh, what does that look like for for a nationwide system of public schools and, and other independent schools? Yeah, so you know that's <laughs> we're asking that same question. Well, we're in process of of develop of sort of um, developing that process, and uh, in part, you know, it's it's about um, both facilitating the integration of the technology. So it's a you know, present it's a browser extension. So that means some some technological um, hurdles. Uh, you know, making sure that, for example, a, a, a school district uh, clears that browser extension to to get it installed, which is not particularly complicated, but it is a process. Um, uh, and then the, I, I would say probably the bigger and more important one is to ensure that the teachers um, who, or, or educators of different stripes, or maybe health educators and maybe counselors, are um, you know prepared and supported in, in using the technology. Um, and so that's something that we're working on as well as providing additional support. And we're doing it in a couple of different ways, uh, both offering an educator guide that offers um, suggested activities and prompts for use in the classroom. We're also actually working with a, uh, a professor at uh, University of Oregon, uh, Mark Van Bryzen, who is a specialist in cooperative learning. And we're working with him to develop um, uh, lessons um, that facilitate uh, that are designed based on cooperative learning principles to um, enable students um, to do these kinds of group activities that really help them um, both deepen the understanding of the emotion science principles, but also um, do so in a way that, again, conforms with these cooperative learning principles that on their own, just, just learning in that way, supports social and emotional development. So it ensures that every student participates, it ensures that everybody has their role. Um, and, and so that's, that's another thing that we're doing is, is developing this kind of set of lessons that teachers could just take and use in conjunction with the platform. 
I want to return to something, uh, unfortunately, because I my connection cut out and you kept talking and I believe it kept recording. But in case it didn't, I want to make sure I get something recorded, which is uh, and maybe Mel, you can answer this. I want you to actually walk me through what I missed was sort of the exact description of watching a show, having the pause moment, a list of you know emotions. So can you can you kind of explain exactly what the experience is? Give me a sample show that it could work with and what might my experience. Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, you go to the Think Human website, you could sign up, uh, and then you download the browser extension, which works on Chrome. And there's a bit of an onboarding process. So say you're on Netflix, right? Um, basically, you're going to see the extension on the upper right hand corner of the screen. And then there's a bit of a, an overlay tray on the right side of the screen. And, um, you know, it'll tell you sort of how Think Human works and whatnot. Um, and then you get sort of like, a few questions, onboarding questions, like, you know, are you interested in family relationships? Are you interested in school relationships and work? Um, and then it'll give you a list of the narratives uh, that Think Human supports, depending on um, which streaming service you're on. And so if you're on Netflix, you can choose a show like Never Have I Ever, or you can choose uh, The Queen's Gambit. And uh, so you click on that show, and then um, by the extension, and it takes you to the show, and um, there are a few ways of engaging with Think Human. And so you can sort of just start watching the show as you normally would. And then at intervals, um, these emotion science activities are going to pop up. So say it's an emotion labeling question. It'll say, uh, if you're watching Never Have I Ever, it'll say, um, you know, you'll watch the scene. The question will pop up and the question will say there's a focus on Debbie, who's the main character and never have I ever. And then it'll say, you know, um, when this character says this to Debbie, um, what's Debbie's likely emotional reaction here? Right. And so then you'll get a list of emotions um, and you'll get to click on those emotions and then you'll see how your answer compares uh, to other users answers. And this is sort of a crowdsource type question. And we have a few of those crowdsource type questions on the platform. And then we have other questions that pop up um, where there is a right answer. Uh, anyway, so you, you answer these questions. And then once you answer the question, sort of playback resumes and you could continue watching the show. Um, another way to engage with it is uh, on the right hand side of the screen uh, where the extension is, you'll actually see um, the times or uh, the different scenes that have emotion science activities. So instead of just like sitting through the whole narrative and waiting for the activities to pop up, a faster way to go through the system is to actually click directly on those scenes and go to the emotion science activities themselves. Um, so a few ways to interact uh, with the platform, uh, you know, a bit more of a natural experience where you're just watching the show and activities pop up or a faster experience where you're actually navigating to those segments that have emotion science activities. And one quick thing to note is that the system allows for, um, it's designed to allow for really flexibility, choice, and personalization. What that means is you're not forced to watch any one title first, you know, and there's not any one sequence of titles, right? You are free to jump between titles as you see fit. You can watch Star Wars on Disney. You can go back to Netflix and watch Never Have I Ever. 
Um, and you can do that, you know, as much as you want, and you will seamlessly uh, progress through the training program, the sort of the default training program that we have for, you know, high school and, and college. Um, so you will get the appropriate exercise given your progress through the training and uh, given the content that you're watching. So it gives as you as a user or as an educator um, this flexibility and this choice um, uh, so that you're not, you know, yeah, like forced to, 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 to go down some particular path in terms of the content. Awesome. All right. Quick final question. Uh, we've talked about your successful K-12 pilot and you're working on this um, SBIR grant, I understand. So a lot happening right now. Uh, what is What are you most excited about, about the next phase? What, what are you working on that's uh, coming up next? Um, Mel, why don't you start? Ooh, um, I don't know if we could give away any secrets yet. Um, I'm, I'm most excited about, you know, we're really looking to ramp up our sales. Uh, we were talking about getting into K-12, but we're also really excited about higher education. And something, a new update I don't think we have mentioned is that uh, we just recently partnered with the Jed Foundation. And um, they provide mental health resources to, um, you know, colleges, universities, as well as K through 12. And so they're a really exciting distribution partner for us. And we're just kicking off things with them. So I'm really excited about that. Nice. Ilya? Yeah, there's, uh, uh, so we're, we're uh, part of this grant um, is uh, aimed at developing uh, more collaborative and more creative uh, training. So uh, when I say creative, the term we actually use is constructive. Uh, it's a more like in, inside baseball again term of basically um, giving the user the ability to suggest their own answer rather than pick from a list. And then more collaboration where you get feedback from, from other users, essentially peer review of these answers. And so that's, that's actually going to produce um, deeper learning, uh, better outcomes, and more engagement. I'm excited about that. Um, and then the other piece um, that I kind of briefly touched on is working on expanding the experience to younger viewers and doing so in the context of your TV um, and not just uh, the computer. So that's that's a big direction that we're working on um, and that we're excited about for, for And of course, the, the Moonshot vision is to actually one day work with the streaming services themselves, work with content producers, work with writers, directors, and actors to sort of really integrate all of these worlds and uh, fully respect the art as we do so. Um, so that that is a dream, but a dream that's in the future for now. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, it's a great dream. Uh, Mel, Ilya, co-founders of Effectify, makers of Think Human TV, excited to get this, um, this update from you, uh, to hear how you're working with these, um, uh, these schools and you're you know on peacock and all, all these great updates so i'm excited to hear what comes next and really appreciate your, the work you're doing to to help young people thank you for having us thanks very much logan thanks for having us all right take care be well right. we'll catch up soon you too bye-bye bye thanks for listening to startup health now Startup Health invests in health transformers around the world who are dedicated to achieving audacious health moonshots. If you want to learn how you can join this community of entrepreneurs, or if you want to connect with one of our 400 companies, go to startuphealth.com. 
If you'd like to learn how you can invest in our Health Moonshot Impact Fund, go to healthmoonshots.com. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back again with another episode next week.